Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. This is Maria and um, I am hosting today Creative for Good, a show where we're questioning the power of creativity and how Muslims can use it as a tool for good. So we are now in a minute media. Um, we'll be running this show weekly and discussing a lot of different issues all in relation to creativity. Um, I run uh, the content as part of Now in a Minute Media, which is a platform that is an independent independent media platform that runs across social media. And here we have Ruslan, Nural, and Omar, um, also part of the Now in a Minute Media team. Um, and yeah, so if I really could introduce yourselves, starting from Ruslan. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, my name is Ruslan. Uh, I studied documentary film and television in uh, Newport Film School. And uh, originally, I'm from Russia, from south, south, from south of Russia, from Caucasus, and uh, now living in Cardiff and uh, working on different uh, documentaries and online uh, video projects. And very passionate about uh, telling stories about our Muslim community. Great, Noral. Um, tell us a bit about yourself and your role in the platform as well. Sure. Uh, salam, everyone. My name is Nurul. Um, for now, I'm, I'm uh, a, a graphic designer. Um, I am a sort of self-taught freelance graphic designer um, who is sort of transitioning into a more creative um, role um, as a self-employed person. Uh, also looking into becoming a qualified teacher and just to do more things creatively um, to help others. Um, and yeah, I've been doing graphic design for the last five, ten years, really, in and out. But this time round, inshallah, I'm looking to just um, hone in on those skills and see how we can help. Um, I'm local. I've done a lot of youth and community work as well. Um, but yeah, that's me. Amazing. And Omar, um, tell us a bit about yourself and your role within Now in a Minute. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi um, wabarakatuh. Omar. Um, I'm an accountant by trade. I don't engage much in the creative side of things or the arts, but I am interested in how it would um, assist and help us in the community grassroots youth work um, that I partake in. Um, I do see a lacking of it there, so um, I wonder how it can be used for the greater good. Brilliant. Um, so we also have one more team member, Tasneem, who couldn't be with us today. Um, she would, you know, maybe she'll be appearing in another episode in the future. Um, but I think, you know, it's a good point for us to really talk about why we decided to start this platform and what the point of starting Now in a Minute was. Um, I think, you know, we're, so we're all from, you know, we're all Wales-based and we're all Wales-based Muslims. And that's sort of the demographic that we aim to target through this platform in producing beneficial content um Russman, as a filmmaker before now in a minute um and to be honest still currently in your profession you have been already creating um great videos for the community and highlighting you know a lot of the things that muslim communities do um why did you feel like you needed um a team to kind of you know start and project a different angle into what you were doing in the filmmaking side of things a few years ago, when I was doing just on my own, um, I noticed that it's uh, 
it's a big demand and um, in our Muslim community we don't have enough uh, stories about us about ourselves and I feel we need it um, most now uh, in this especially in this time we need to tell our stories and in order to tell our stories and to make a good quality video it's a group effort and it's um, it's very hard to do it on your own so uh, so idea is to to connect with people who also passionate about uh, creating creating a stories and creating a content uh, about our community for our community so that's so so this is how it all started that's that's great and i think it really shows that you know when you have a lot of different people that come from different backgrounds and different you know creative angles or non-creative angles um it shows that you can really create something powerful um and just on the back of that Omar um what interested you when Ruslan started to speak to you about these ideas of starting something like this um so obviously I'm the non-creative background to help in the in this endeavor um I think it comes from my own personal experiences I I think it's not encouraged, and, and even not just creativity, arts in general. Um, so you, you'll have some youth out there who are interested, who have a, an inclination towards a specific artistic side. Like For example, I, I've known people who are into poetry, but they kind of hide it. And it's this kind of conflict of their own identities because of the, um, because it's not encouraged on the grassroots that causes people to not... I don't know, develop their talents that they may have in, intrinsically in their personalities. And is a, is a so you feel like people are suppressing their creative ability? I, I think um, they're suppressing it to fit in. And because of that, the world misses out on it. Um, and also the, the community misses out on it, to be honest with you, because these kind of things do enrich our community. Um, yeah, so it comes to my personal experiences, to be honest. Um, I think we do need to encourage it and change the paradigm that, that's really good I suppose like it sounds like you're sort of on a journey towards understanding creativity better because you are a self-proclaimed non-creative which is quite interesting um, and I think maybe I should go to Neural as to why you feel like as Omar mentioned um, you know there is like a lack of Muslims or you feel like creativity is being suppressed um, amongst a lot of Muslims and not being able to share it maybe you could share your own personal experience um, of, you know, getting into, you know, the creative industry and specifically graphic design and illustration as you practice. Yeah, sure. Um, so, yeah, my, my whole journey has been one that's been self-initiated and I've, I've sort of pursued on my own accord. Um, I think each time I've approached people or looked for, like, a support function or, oh, should I try this out? Let's see who else will do it. Um, I've never had that. But at the same time, I've, I've never let it stop me from learning. So a lot of my, you know, learning uh, within, you know, the creative medium and what I do has been through self-teaching, you know, buying books and internet, YouTube. You know, there's lots and lots of resources out there if you look for it. But it's never really been from, say, a teacher or anything like that. Why do you think that is? I um, think, why do you think that it's all, you feel like it's all on you as a creative to have had to have found that pathway? Do you feel like there's like not a culture of encouragement in the Muslim community for I, such I, a craft? I think there's a bit of, there's a combination of aspects. Um, 
initially on the side, say, for example, my parents, I think it's a lack of awareness, really, of what's out there, you know, what's feasible. Because remember, they would have, my parents are from, you know, they migrated from Bangladesh. Um, so they, they were on their own journey, sort of establishing themselves in, in, in the UK and, you know, figuring out, you know, buying a house and earning money. Um, and I think sending the children or myself to school um, to become a qualified something. So something that they'd be aware of stereotypically would be, you know, doctor, uh, a lawyer or someone in medicine or something that's sort of um, known for, you know, high income career or something like that. Um, so any mention of, you know, oh, I want to draw for a living, I don't think they would have ever appreciated at the time, you know, they wouldn't have ever appreciated um, how seriously feasible that would be. It would have been a joke probably to them yeah. or they wouldn't have seen the value in it. Um, Interesting. And I think a lot of that as well, because it's all about awareness. Um, and at the same time, you know, they culture maybe, you know, there's, there's different aspects. I may never fully understand. Um, it's only through my own sort of pers you know, perseverance and going through and saying, yeah, Again, I, I, I'd agree I haven't been, because had I been fully committed, had I had the support or the encouragement, or, or say there was an I am, you know, five, ten years ago, I, I'm, I'm positive I would have been in a creative business doing creative profession as a career, but uh, up until now, it's, it was all just a, a sort of a side hustle or, or a hobby. Um See, I think there's another cost to that as well, Nero, because yeah. obviously I've, I've known you for a while and you've yeah. almost lived in an island when it comes to your own kind of creativity. Like, you're the, you're the <laughs> only one who you knew that does yeah. that kind of, that does it. Yeah. So there's no one there to, like, challenge you or to have conversations with you and anybody to, to network with you. And as a result, I don't think you've hit your full potential as a creative, to be honest. Um, it's good now that you're seeing more and more people around you, but I think in the earlier days, because we've, we've been around for quite a while, yeah, we um, have. There wasn't anybody <laughs> to. Uh, We're old enough. To, I uh, agree with that. Yeah, and bounce off with. Yeah, exactly. And I think at the time there was a bit of. It's all about self confidence and self belief as well. You know, we have our own journeys, but at the time, again, you know, people would encourage that. So you should do something. But then I'm thinking, how? <laughs> it's like I don't know how to. Um, all I know is I know what I know, sort of thing. Um, so yeah, and, and similar to what you touched on is where people are sort of shying away from it because they can't relate or they won't fit in, you know, if it's something that's very different or something very new. I think it was, um, a, it was yeah. a very hostile environment. <laughs> mm, it was. Um, and again, you know, the niche, like, I think I, you can, it spreads out a bit because our community or such, they wouldn't value it. Like, it's, you know, I'd say, well, what do you do? And I'll say, I'm a graphic designer. And they'll say, what is that? You know, <laughs> because they don't understand, you know. And I suppose it's changed a lot. I think I think it's changed a lot because of social media, to be honest. You're thinking the back on it now. I think, yeah. If you say you're creative, uh, if you're a, a graphic designer, it's like, oh, cool. Um, you, and, you know, you must be able to do some good posts on social yeah. media or something. Yeah. Um, I think, I think it sounds like, it sounds like based you know, I think there's a lot of things that you raised there that I would I would agree with, and I think um, maybe might be interesting to expand on. But like, 
the point about um, not having others around you to share and discuss those options, to discuss those, you know, the the smaller things that, that it sounds like, I suppose this show here is sort of groundbreaking in the sense that we do have a group of creative minded Muslims who have come together because they think that it's important to, to go into so many issues in this industry. And I think one of the other things that you touched upon was to do with like money and the aspect of money and income coming into this whole career. And I think I suppose I want to qu- pose a question to Rustin because you're a freelance um, filmmaker and um, you earn from this career and you're to be honest like you're probably you would probably be a success story in someone that has actually gone out and done that and um you know managed to prove that you can earn and be a creative but I think maybe you could talk a bit about how important money is when it comes to deciding which avenue of creativity you want to take because I think that is the main concern if um you know I think if a parent of a creative child was listening today that is one of their concerns whether we like it or not and I think it might be interesting for you to talk a bit about money in relation to being a full-time creative. Yes, I think the the money is a very important part of it because you should you should be able to live on um, on it what you earn. But in the beginning of the career, I, no, I noticed that lots of uh, my colleagues um, they still do other jobs as well because it's um, a creative industry. It's quite competitive, and at the same time. It's not um, straightforward as other jobs when you go and uh, have like a monthly payment. Like the stability, is, of, it's not stable. Yeah, yeah, it's not very stable because most of the people who I know and um, like 80% maybe, they work as a freelancers. So it's not very, very stable. But if if this is really your passion, then you can push it forward and um, that's kind of um, help you to grow and once you grow you you, you don't have really have any kind of um, limits because if you work as a normal job you know exactly how much you will earn but when you are a freelancer and you're pushing your projects and you're developing then there's no kind of limits where you can grow so I think the big part of it is to be passionate about it because if you're not passionate it's very, very hard to kind of catch up with what's going on in industry and always be in front of it. And um, and also because of the competition, if you're not passionate enough, you will not sustain because you always have to like push forward. It's, yeah, that's that's cool. If yeah, I um, add to that, because um, Rosan has touched um, on a really good base aspects for freelancing, so. Freelancing is all about being self-employed um, and, you know, creating your own um, client list, you know, uh, and getting your work out there. But it's not to say that you can't have a, have a job as part of a creative establishment. So you can still become a creative um, and we'll still figure out what, what sort of creative thing you want to do or become. Um, you can still work for, you know, media companies or as a graphic designer for a for an in-house team. You know, it's not to say that you can't do that. Um, because in my situation, I think because um, where I, you know, we went through education, did my A-levels in business studies, but then I dropped out and I just started working because the creative bit, when I asked teachers for guidance, 
somewhere I didn't get the info I needed um, to understand fully what I needed to do. And so my ship for that moment in my life sort of sailed and I and I went on to just work in retail and I, I built a career upon that, you know. Um, but in hindsight or in retrospect, if I did go into, you know, uni and, and study, you know, graphic design or, or something along those lines, I could have gone into a business. Not that I can't now, but I think at the time, um, if I had done that, I could have gone in as an intern um, and got, you know, it'd be a junior job, but I'd get experience that's required to understand how things work. And, and we can we can even have a, a topic, we can discuss this topic because um, in another show, separately because there's so much information to cover um, with regards to becoming a freelancer or becoming a creative you know and trying to figure out what career you want because there are people who are happy to work under someone you know a a whole team or there are individuals like myself who prefer the freedom and the flexibility um, to work from home for example like my example right now had I not done this um because so my current situation was um, last in 2019, I, I quit my job. It was an office based job as for a financial firm. Um, and then I decided I'd become a taxi driver and, and have a break. You know, everyone was doing it. They're recommending it. My friend is saying, no, just do it. It's easy money. It's very flexible. And the flexibility was important for me because I needed to slow down and you know spend more time with my children and my wife. Um, but in doing that, then came opportunities people start contacting me for you know a logo or a website and I've done a few jobs like that um, and at no point did I advertise you know they've just come to me but had I not been in that sort of environment or been aware of these skills I wouldn't have been able to get that and even last week um, given this whole you know pandemic so it's you know coronavirus going on and we're all stuck home isolating and I can't work I can't go out picking passengers up because I can't risk that um, luckily I had a, um, a web design job which has given me money for my for this month and next month you know alhamdulillah so I've been able to do that so although it just goes to show like again where Rosan mentioned about passion if you're really interested or if you're not sure if you're interested enough it's it's when you start exploring these um, creative avenues um and as long as you like so, enjoy it yeah sorry yeah so no, so I think like it sounds like just from both you yourself and Ruslan sharing your experiences as people who are doing this sort of um whether it's on the side or full-time yeah um it sounds like it's possible it's certainly possible to be a Muslim creative in this day and age and earn an income and provide for your family whilst doing so um I suppose I have a question for Omar like in terms of the context of the youth and the young people because what I think in my view I feel like money and the stability of your career has been one of the main issues of why Muslims don't value the importance of creativity or going into the creative industry but when you like just you know just through your work through young people and um, just maybe as your personal perception, do you feel like money and the stability of the creative industry has been the biggest barrier of or concern as to why you know people are not going into industry into creative industry, studying at a uni or etc. What do you what do you think about this? No, well, it's it's definitely a barrier. Um, whether it's the biggest barrier or not, that's a, I'm not sure. It, it's one of the barriers. Another barrier would be the the kind of 
cultural feelings towards it. You know, we don't, I think it's not historically, because I think historically we do appreciate art, but I think in recent history, um, from our parents coming back, coming from back home countries, um, <clears throat> they don't really see the value in creativity or in art. I think the uh, the careers that they value are the ones which are guaranteed income, et cetera, et cetera. But, I mean, I, I think you could do both. I mean, there's there's one famous rugby player, which I thought is a very good example. I, I often ask myself, if, if my children come to me and say, oh, I want to be this, I want to be that, mainly... Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking of football, by the way. Just, to, just <laughs> what coming to you and ask you to be a footballer, for example? No, it comes to me and says, "Listen, I want to dedicate my life to being a footballer." I'd be like, "Okay, no," because <laughs> because of because of the insecurity of it, and because it's very competitive. However, it's not as if you can't do both. There's a famous rugby player which we all know. Well, hopefully, most people know Jamie Roberts. He, he's a doctor. He's a qualified doctor. He's a professional rugby player who played. He was because he's retired now. I, I think that he played professional rugby and he played for Wales. So it's possible to do mm. both. So that's one way you can get around that kind of like scepticism from the parents about doing both. Um, and I know there's one person who will probably, who's going to come on our platform soon. Um, Salam Sanctuary Shema. She's, she's a, she's a doctor and she's still go doing um, her art. And maybe eventually she might transition away from being a full-time doctor and just doing full-time art, but it's possible to do both. Um, yeah, I, it is. I, I think, but what if I? What if? So I think my que my question is, what if that is a waste of time? Like, what if you feel like why? Because this is a question that I had to ask myself before I did my uni course. So I studied creative writing and media. And before I asked, before I actually did that course and went full fledged into doing something creative, I said to myself do I do I want to do something that I'm not really bothered about just for the sake of pleasing the people older but, than but me? It's not, it's not just about pleasing, it's about having that safety net. Because Yeah, that's true. As Laura was saying, like, you, don't, you don't know where your next meal is coming from. Hmm. So, um, so as a parent, they're going to be concerned. And it's understandable um, emotion. To, it's understandable emotion. They're like thinking, you know, I want my, my ch child, to, no matter what happens, to be, have that safety net if things will go well. Yeah, it's it's catch twenty two. One thing I wanted to highlight as well is not just um, I think with, with Neural's story. So he he mentions that in school he, he looked for guidance on how to get into a creative field, but he didn't get it. I'm I'm assuming Neural went to a an art teacher. A an art teacher. I went to an art teacher, and I asked. I mean, you didn't go to a no Muslim, no no. You didn't go to a no, Muslim no. school. You went Muslim. to your normal school that yeah yeah goes to. But I think because of your the place where you live is um, South Cardiff, which <clears> isn't the most affluent of places in, in the city. I think um, success and being pushed in the right direction also <clears> depends <throat> on your social economic background. And I think a lot, of, um, as we know, Muslims generally we live in the poorer parts of yeah. uh, cities. Well, so that's another thing that holds back Muslims in the arts is is their social economic background. It's not necessarily just the cultural background, but also um, their level of affluence in society. I mean, I think I think um, this is, is a good point to then move on to, you know, like if. If there was, if there were young Muslims today, or even you know people who are halfway through their career and want to change, yeah, um, what would be like the advice to those to those young people who who feel like these preconceived <clears throat> attitudes towards creativity and the arts um, are kind of preventing them to really go for it? I think I think there's been a lot of discussion about ways that you can get around it, ways that you can still have something on the side and still pursue what you want. I think. <clears throat> 
I think what would your I maybe ask a question to Rustin first like what would your advice be to other than just passion like what do you mean when you say to have passion um or if you have passion to really use that um what would your advice be um so in order to um identify passion so how I see it is is there something you will enjoy doing for free yeah but obviously no I not I'm not telling you it for free <laughs> but is, is it something you really like enjoy so you can do it even for free for example let's say you're working in a mcdonald's or coffee shop and then you come back home you're tired exhausted and then will you will you be still passionate to do it as just for your pleasure or something if yes then it's something which what you really passionate about and then there is a two different ways i think to go about it so for example if you study in college so you can take um relevant courses So, for example, I studied um, media studies, photography, film studies, j- just to kind of give you a taster. And obviously, this will be good for your future university course as well. But also, it's allow you to kind of taste a little bit because it's hard to identify what is your favorite food without tasting it. So, the single, the only way to to know is to try to make some projects and to see how it goes. Do you enjoy it? Is it something coming up out of it, something good? And once you kind of figure out it's something you like and you feel passionate about it, mm-hmm. you can do it anytime. And then you try it. So after that, you probably will be already quite confident that this is something what you want to do. I think that's great advice. Yeah. That's really it good is, advice. Yeah. Um, and the way that you broke down passion and how to really understand passion. If, yeah, so if you're willing to do something for free, then you know that you're passionate about doing it. I think that's that's really great advice. And Neural, would you have anything, uh, any advice just from your experience as well? It, yeah, uh, of course I would. Um, I think there's a lot to it. Um, like my, my given what's happened in my life experience with, alhamdulillah, I've had, you know, everything's been fortunate for me and things just happen. <laughs> um, but... I think the way I look at it now, I'm a, I'm a father now. I have two boys, another on the way. Um, and I've become passionate now more so to connect with parents. You know, I've, I'm, not, I'm not worried about the younger people in terms of opportunities being placed in front of them. I think it's where we're, where we're not cultivating, you know, we're not, we're not nurturing that a culture of, you know, encouraging our children to try new things and to try, you know, not only creative, you know, just new things, do something different sort of mentality rather than just doing the same thing and over and over because too many times, oh, I chose business because my friends did it or my parents said do business or accounting. Unless they obviously love numbers, I'm playing with that. But I go back to um, where... You know, the reason I want to become a teacher now as well is purely with what Omar also touched on is I think our children are being sort of, or my children anyways, like children in general are not being failed. I don't say failed. Failed is a harsh word, but they're not getting the same treatment or opportunities. And and the reasons for these vary. You know, one of them is a language barrier where parents don't fully understand you know, these extracurricular activities that are available to them because um, they're not aware of it. And I think my, so because of that, I just want to be a teacher and and help as many people as possible to 
to you know to have all the opportunities possible in front of them, and they can then choose sort of equipping parents with knowledge. Um, but if we backtrack back to the passion um, and and you know keeping in the creative realm, I think if you're young and you're still in education, you know it's good to pursue the creative because again, like Rusland said, unless you try, you're not going to know um, if you want to do it or not. Um, but that's not also to write out someone same like myself who's always wanted to be creative and just say maybe they didn't self-teach and they didn't have those opportunities. It's never too late to either enroll back into a college if you really want to study um, or get qualified um, as a graphic designer, for example, or you could you could just transition and start sort of learning yourself from other people um or, or online as we know youtube and the internet's a massive place um it's full of resources free resources as well you, know, you don't have to pay for it um and and the gist of it is really is at the end of the day when i when i speak to a potential client they don't ask me oh what qualifications do you have can you do this job for me they'll just say can you do this for me i've saw your work online and and it's all about just getting work out. So I, I think my thing would be is don't worry about the qualification aspect if you've missed that boat. Um, but yeah, definitely if passion, I think passion works with everything as well. If you're, if you're working, you know, and you don't enjoy it, you should try change it if you can afford to. And I think that change is given dependent on where you are, you know, in your life. So if you're married and you have children and you have bills to pay, then it's going to be really difficult because you've lost the freedom of flexibility to um, try new things and sort of take cutbacks. But if you're still young, there are no risks as such. You know, you just explore. You know, don't be, don't be afraid. Well, there are risks. What's the risk? What's the risk? There are risks. You tell me, Omar. Well, you don't make it. No, make no, it. That's, 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 see, that's, to me, that's um, nonsense, I would say. Because, <laughs> and, and I, yeah. Another, another uh, just wanted to add that uh, an, an, another way, if uh, you're already yeah. old, for example, and you have that kind of passion, so for example, let's say, for example, in Omar's case, for example, yeah. <laughs> for the accountant, if you just suddenly discover that you have a, such a passion that you're kind of losing control, and uh, so way for you is kind of start on yeah. your free time on your weekends on evenings and let it grow as a hobby and then on the moment when you kind of feel it's getting uh you you kind of starting to get clients and exactly. start to bring you some money so there is that kind of crucial moment when you don't have enough your free time all your saturday sundays evening are busy so i think that's the time kind of make a <clears throat> switch uh and then you kind of leaving your um, nine yeah. to five job and switching to that one, but I would not advise no. to switch straight away because in case if it fa if, if it fails or something, then it's going to be a bit a bit hard. So, yeah. so both after both of you shared like your advice and your and your stories, I think um, the question would be then why is it important for Muslims to go into creative industries? Um, um, I think one of the concerns. As a Muslim, you know, with Islamic values, one of the things that I feel we like to do is help society. So 
like this series is called Creative yeah. for Good. Um, I think the reason why we named it that is because as Muslims, we want to often benefit society and help whatever we do. And especially if you're doing a career, which is something that is going to take up most of your time. Um, we obviously want to help people sometimes. That's sort of one of the biggest factors for Muslims in when they're choosing their careers. Obviously, everybody's different, yeah. but I feel like that is a sort of consensus. Um, so I think, why So why do you think it is important for Muslims to go into the creative industry? And maybe I think, Omar, you should kick us off on this one um, as someone sitting and looking up from the outset. Okay, so there's, there's, there's two sides of this coin, in my opinion. Um, so there's grassroots level where um, we often come across a lot of problems. Um, problems can vary. I'm not just talking about, like, um, I don't know, disputes between people or, I don't know, how are you going to start this and how are you going to start that? Um, so often I, I see there's a, there's a lack of creativity, of lack of people trying to find creative solutions to problems. So often there's a problem like, oh, it can't be solved. It's like, that's not the answer. The answer is let's think of how we can use our imagination to find a, a creative solution to this problem. And I, I really do see a lack of it. Do you have an example? Not on the top of my head, but I often, I'm, I'm the least creative person yeah. that I know. But I'm often like trying to find creative solutions myself. And then I've got younger people around me who is just like, oh, I don't think it could be done. Oh, probably not. It's like, no, that's not the attitude. And often you can find, like, I, I, I'll give you an example. So back in my time when I was in, in Scouts, we used to do a camp. And every single year is the same old thing. Camp, camp, camp. And I, I guess the kids change so that maybe it's, um, <clears throat> maybe, maybe they still find it interesting. But it, it got quite boring. It's the same thing that happens all the time. One of the leaders um, turned around and said, you know, let's make it different. And he, 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 um, he introduced a theme. <laughs> it's not the most creative of things, but it's just about, he introduced a, 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 something different. It was more creative. It was a theme. Um, we had people coming, um, the theme was people with masks and they were like named something stupid. I can't remember, like some Bogo Bogo men or something. But that made the camps a lot better, a lot more fun for the kids and for the people who volunteer. But the, the years before that, the 10 years of camps we did before that, there was nothing. It was just the same old camps. So it's just about how creativity can make things better and more richer for um, for the, 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 the receivers of the grassroots. Like society, work. essentially. But yeah, yeah. So the, the kids, the youth. Yeah. The other side of the coin is, um, this is where I, I'm always going back to football because I'm, I'm quite interested in football. Don't but... worry, I'm sure a lot of listeners are also interested in football. <laughs> so but no, but it links. Football, I mean, people argue, but it's obviously an artistic endeavour as well. Um, so there's, there's something, what I say, which I call the narrative of the country, right? <clears throat> so Muslims, fine, we're all... Alhamdulillah, there's a lot of Muslims who have penetrated the um, doctor, um, the, the career fields of doctors and um, lawyers, teachers, etc., etc. There's not many Muslims who actually penetrated into the the country's narrative. Um, if I use an example, imagine, imagine the good we um, it could have done to the Muslim um, perception to wider society if Wayne Rooney was a Muslim. So we have, the, listen, we have an example. Hello, Mo Salah. Like he, most of all, look at the good that he's doing. Essentially, yeah. He's by the fact that he's Egyptian. But imagine the captain of the England football team was Muslim. Imagine what that would do in terms of perspective, perspectives of Muslims to everybody. Now, you, you, we tend to think that either the far right tends to be football hooligans. That's the kind of um, social dynamic 
that yeah. tends to be more racist. So if the captain of the England football team was a Muslim, imagine how much of their perceptions would change. Yeah, and I think Mo Salah is an example like of Mo that. Sa- Mo Salah's example. Mo Salah has complicated the narrative massively. You know, he's a humble guy. Well, um, yes, yes, I mean. yes. Let's not <laughs> let's not like this Mo Salah here. Let's focus on let's the good. Him. Yeah, let's fine, focus on the good team. Certainly, he, well, he came across, He came on the field very humble. Um, you know, he does a lot of charity and he's very good at what he does. He's very good at his craft. And there was apparently so a reduction in Islamophobia in Liverpool. Um, I don't know if you guys saw there was like an article going around, but yeah, carry on. Yeah. So, yeah, well, that's, I read that article as well. Yeah. So, you know, if you really want to make some real change, we need to get and penetrate that narrative of the country, um, that's, which is I, not just yeah. for football, but artists. So if, if one of our famous actors was a Muslim as well, or if one of our famous... Famous architects, Zaha Hadid, for example, she's one of our famous architects. And, I'm, and you know, I'm not, again, I can emphasize, I'm not very creative, but I take pride in the fact that she was Muslim. And I think she that's interesting, like artists. the last line that you said there, like we take pride in, you know, the figureheads who are doing great in society. It's interesting because we, as a community, we take pride in those people being Muslims, yet we almost don't promote it ourselves for our you know children or people younger to go into those industries so I think it's a really interesting dynamic and I think essentially the main points that you mentioned was like going into so in your view you feel like it's important for Muslims to go into creative industries because we need more creative solutions to for our problems and on the grassroots yeah yes and um we also need Muslims to take back the narrative essentially um or even i like it's interesting that you said complicate the narrative um but that's that's quite an interesting <clears throat> reflection but um i, I stole that term off somebody i'm not gonna, I'm not gonna I, <laughs> the point is still before, taken but it, it's, it's 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 a very it's a very important point we need to complicate the narrative at the moment the narrative is muslims are insular muslims are this muslims are that so we, we need more examples of muslims who are not aligned to that narrative that's going around so it complicates the narrative so people think okay maybe i shouldn't make prejudice um thoughts about muslims and rather you know give each one individual muslim <clears throat> a fair shot yeah i think um Rusin, i think you mentioned um in previous conversations that we've had as a team um of of the impact that film can have on an in influence and um upon the muslim community so i think it would be interesting for you to sort of answer this question as well as to why you think it's important for Muslims to go into creative industries. Um, I, I, yeah, I will mention one aspect, for example, uh, media. Uh, as we know, there is a huge problem of Islamophobia in the country. And uh, I came across the statistics, I think it's from uh, men's statistic. Um, there's a, on 20, uh, on the 21 cases, so basically I think it's for everyone moderate Muslim mentioned, there is a 21 bad mentions of Muslim in the British press. So that statistic is really uh, shocking. So who's making those 21 stories and who's making just that one stories? So I feel there is a big responsibility on a Muslim to make those kind of moderate, uh, positive um, stories about Islam and Muslims about themselves. So I feel that there is a uh, need from the Muslim community for the some people to dedicate their um, kind of uh, career to go to media to study and to make those stories in order to re- re- reduce yeah, is- Islamophobia in the country. And 
yeah and there's a big gap in um, literacy in uh, i think in the muslim society maybe it's coming from um from the background from the uh the type of jobs they're working but in terms of the media there's a big literacy because imagine how many interesting things happening in muslim community in mosques mm. and it's not it's not in media and um Sometimes people say if it's not on Facebook, it's not <laughs> happened. Or you can say if it's not on social media, it's not happened. Interesting. So, the, so why the community? They don't know. They have no idea what's going on in the mosques in the within Muslim communities. So, so I think that's the one kind of media aspect. Yeah. Of, so, so yeah, I think that you've mentioned it quite well. I think I don't think I need to summarize yeah. that in a, in any way. But I think it shows that obviously, you know, we as much as we take pride in you know, the people who are doing it and representing us and being great models, um, there is like a, a massive gap in our narrative and particularly media being one of the, you know, the big ones there. Um, I think, um, you know, in my personal experience, um, that was probably why I wanted to go into journalism and um, creative writing. And I think, you know, I ha- I've had like experience of literally working in newsrooms where I'm the only Muslim and like how how the statistics are so starkly true in the sheer lack of representation of not only Muslims but even ethnic minorities within the industry so I think I think it's so so important um some of the things that you said there Rosalind and um I suppose like from more of an abstract view um you know do you feel like I suppose it's a question for you Nurul like if you look at the mainstream creative industry how do you see that in comparison to the muslim creative industry like do you feel like because obviously muslims have created with social media muslims have created their own spaces and their own realms um like do you feel like what do you what do you feel like there is a comparison between mainstream creative industries and muslim creative industries maybe i don't know enough i've not seen enough of it but i we're, we're like a blip you know, in comparison, you know, I think there's a lot of a lot of places where we need to sort of improve. In general, I find that we've all, you know, as even a Muslim community as such, we've always been reactionary or reactive rather to things happening around us. Or we'll 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 probably be negative about something happening, and oh, the media is all corrupted, or they don't cover. You know, we'll complain about it, but we don't do anything about it. And I think this is why we need to um, promote these sort of um, conversations and, and and the need for us as Muslims to explore creativity and, and those professions and that industry. Um, as Do you feel like there's a particular, like, obviously, yeah. you know, this is in your opinion, do you feel like there are, um, there is like a particular side in the creative industry that is dominated by Muslims at the moment? Like, because I feel like graphic design, I find that Muslims, it's like one of the industries that a lot of Muslims go into. I feel like it's the one that you could start up as a side hustle and yeah. grow and grow and grow. But do you feel like there's like a problem with that in the sense that it's just Muslims doing things like graphic yeah, design? Yeah, so or... I think my concern is, I mean, even if they are doing it or not, um, we're not we're not talking to each other. So, and I think people, so, I mean, as a larger network, as a, as a larger group of um, creatives, if there are other creatives, there are other creatives, of course, but we're not connecting or networking as as other people would be doing. And this is how, this is how you know, in comparison to a Muslim industry and and, and um, 
the non-Muslim industry, and the reason why there are so little, you know, so much variation in you know ethnic minorities or even Muslims in general in you know these places like yourself, you experienced when you went worked in a newsroom and you were the only Muslim in there. Um, I think people have ideas, aspirations, but we're not connecting um, and communicating. And yeah, we're, we're taking, I guess you can say we're taking the easy route because, it's not the easy route, but I became a graphic designer because I didn't know where else. I didn't know any better at the time. But now I'm also transitioning into illustration and and, and, and doing that with my wife, who is also creative. But, and we're, we're, we're becoming more content creators rather than working for someone. We're creating products for ourselves to help, you know, benefit other Muslims, yeah. And I think that's what's happening. Um, it's more so we we have to, I guess this is why I'm, I'm part of NIAM as well, is I feel as a passion that we have to do things to change the mentality and to, like, you know, had we not met Russell and we wouldn't really be as aware, you know, in his experience of what's been neglected and what we need to address in terms of the filming industry. Myself with the graphic design is quite easy because I help other people, but I've worked with a lot of Muslims who, had it not been, you know, for me or speaking to me, they wouldn't have realized that they can do whatever it is that they wanted to do. So, for example, I've done some work with someone who's working in the NHS. Um, I can't really discuss anything because I'm not allowed to, but it's to benefit people being able to leave hospitals sooner to free up space in the hospitals, but obviously, as we were speaking about that, this all this um, this pandemic happened and it sort of backtracked. But I think I'm guess I'm linking it back to you know doing good, you know, doing doing create using creativity to benefit other people and ourselves. And I think there's things like that if we do and we can help other Muslims because there's there are so many people out there. Um, Muslims, rather, they have ideas, they have business goals and, you know, ideas that they can turn into a business, but instead, because it's not promoted or because no one or they feel no one would understand their ideas or, or business plan, they just never pursue it because they don't deem it possible. Um, yeah. So I think just as a, as a, like, as a final question, um, like, how, how can, in a, in a, in a short answer, guys, <coughs> yeah, um, we'll try what can we say to Muslims that are thinking of sort of growing their creative vision or learning more about being more creative? Um, what can we say to those people who, whose main concern is that they don't feel their craft will benefit society in any way? What advice, maybe Russell, you could start and say, like, what advice would you give or what pointers would you say to people who feel like the main concern for them is that their creative uh, talent won't be able to benefit society. How do you think we could under we can overcome that perception? Um, I think everyone has to understand um, his kind of passion, what he's capable about, and then obviously see how that passion can be used. For example, if he on a on a media field or on a on a film field or in a graphic design so then uh, if you look around i'm i'm sure there is uh, enough gaps in kind of uh, muslim field to fill with those skills and um, obviously there's a competition 
part if you figure out that you are passionate about it so and you keep trying and trying so then you will be Inshallah. successful uh, Omar what do you think uh, um, so I think creativity um, penetrates a lot of fields not just um, the media and art industry so I know that, for example, in accounting, there's something called creative accounting when you find innovative ways to like dodge tax or whatever. That's a, that's a form of creativity. Okay. <laughs> and it's the, best, <laughs> it's the best accountants which can do it the best. And I think that's probably not, that's not just for the accounting field, but like perhaps when you're a lawyer finding creative ways of getting out of trouble or, or um, prosecuting somebody or in, in um, medicine find, or, or pharmacy or whatever, finding creative solutions to find the, the creative way of finding an, an antidote for example so i think creativity penetrates more than just the the media and art field it can be used in anybody's life and i think the more we appreciate creativity the best we we become and the more we, we nurture our creativity our own personal creativity the better we can come out of fields of um, interest so that's my that's that's, I, think. I think that's a i like that take it's a very it's very your take on um, this question um but yeah no so give your thoughts just um briefly as to why you what you would say to muslim to a thing and have gone into creativity but fear that what they do is not going to be beneficial in some way I'll try it and fail like that's the thing they, they just need to do it so you need to do it and don't fear it just if it fails, it'll fail, but then you'll bounce back and you do something else to try benefits. Um, you shouldn't then, you know, you can't, it's it's unfair on that person's self to decide, oh, you know, oh, it might not work. You have to do it. And then if you fail, you failed, but you get back up and you try something new. You know, that's the whole point of all of this is, is not to question yourself if you enjoy you know if you like Ruslan said if you have a for a developing passion or you have an interest in this this subject matter or something you want to explore you know if if you're the person telling yourself that you can't do it then I think I think it's sad because either they haven't had someone tell them otherwise and I think this is the whole point is we need to work together, you know, no one's alone in this. And I think this is why Niam, well, no, I know this is why Niam exists as well. And I'm sure there are like-minded individuals out there that we want to sort of speak with. Is, you know, which we have, yeah. which is a good opportunity for me to plug exactly. our hashtag creative at home Instagram takeover series. That's it. So if you're listening to this, um, go and follow at now in a minute media on Instagram, we're also on Facebook and Twitter. And um, throughout Ramadan, we're going to be uh, letting the local creatives, uh, Wales-based Muslim creatives, take over our Instagram and give you an insight into their creative fields, creative practice. So if you're feeling uninspired, if you feel like you want to do something new, um, this is the opportunity you know, to be productive in lockdown um, and really get in touch with not only your spiritual side, but also the side of you where you want to explore new things. Um, so yeah, follow us at Now in a Minute Media um, on Facebook and Instagram, and at N I A M Media on Twitter. So Jazakallah everyone. That was a really. I hope you know. I hope our listeners benefited from this interesting discussion. We're going to be back uh, weekly with more insightful topics, um, delving into lots of issues, whether it be social media, whether it be 
um, storytelling, lots of different ways um, of how we can be creative for good. Uh,